In this episode, Ken Schumann and a group of faith walkers reflect on the topic of authenticity. This is part three of the four core values of faith walking. This conversation was originally recorded in September of 2021. We want to remind you, faith walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Uh, so we've been talking about the last several weeks. Uh, we've been going through the four values of faith walking. And uh, one of the things that I've done that helped me is I, I, I put them in acrostic form and it just helps me. So I spell out Cali and uh, it helps me remember the first one is courage. The second one is authenticity. The third one is love. And the fourth one is integrity in that little acrostic for me. So courage, authenticity, uh, love and integrity are the four values that guide faith walking. Uh, We've talked about integrity and we've talked about courage thus far. And today I want to talk about authenticity. And as I uh, prepared my thoughts for today, I mean, of course, we, we, have a, we have a session on authenticity within the faith walking curriculum. Uh, in module two, we talk about authenticity and go in depth in it. And so today, I didn't want to just repeat that uh, conversation, though I'll, I'll be around it. So what is authenticity and why is it important? It's me showing up as my true self all the time. That, that's pure authenticity. Now, I don't know that any of us actually make it there. <laughs> you know, we, uh, in faith walking, we talk about the fact that we have three selves that we live out of. We have our public self, the one that people see. That's kind of the one maybe you brought today. Or, or maybe there's a second self, and that's our private self. And, and maybe you brought your private self today because, because your private self is what you show to the people who know you best, to the people that love you most. And, and maybe you feel comfortable enough here that you could say, okay, I can let a little of my guard down. But then the third self that all of us have is that all of us have a secret self. And that secret self is a self that nobody sees, that, that we hide from everyone because we're afraid. And within faith walking, what we encourage people to do is to unite the three selves and more and more and more live out of our, out of our true, best, authentic self. I believe that's what Jesus did. I, I don't believe Jesus had three selves. I believe Jesus was the same everywhere. When he was with the, uh, the 12, he was just like he was when he was in public. And when he was uh, alone by himself, he was just like he was with the 12 or, or, or in public. And, and so as I look at Scripture, it seems to me that, that within the Bible, the Bible encourages us to be authentic and show up as our true selves. Uh, so I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two places where I think that's indicated in Scripture, and then I'm a, I'm, we're going to go to a third place and look at a story and maybe learn something about authenticity from from a story. 
But in, in Matthew 5, 8, which is one of the Beatitudes, I've already shared with you the Beatitudes that I've kind of written as my, uh, my translation, my Ken's uh, paraphrase. And, and in it, uh, in Matthew 5, 8, it talk, talks about blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who are free from deceit. And here's the way that I've translated that. As I've gone back and looked at it, uh, just just listen, listen to this because I think this gets at the heart of it. Happy, satisfied, and fully alive are those who are utterly sincere and completely genuine. Those who are undivided within themselves and are without lies and deception. Those whose secret self and public self are one self, for they will see God. So in that, for me, whether you agree with my paraphrase or not, I think the heart of the text is God's ideal, God's heart, is for us to show up as our true selves all the time. And I think that's indicated there within that verse. So I want to go to Matthew 23, 2 and 23, 13 next. And in Matthew 23, I know most all of you have the Bible memorized, so you already know, but for the rest of us, we don't. And in Matthew 23, it's that section of, of woe to you Pharisees. And over and over, as Jesus announces these woes, he announces their hypocrisy. That they show up and, and act like something in public that in private they are not. So they act better than they are. They, they try to present themselves as more perfect than they are. Uh, all of the of the scribes and Pharisees' stories were about, look at me and look at how perfect I am. And as a result, nobody could ever see beyond the facade. No one could, people couldn't see the real them and couldn't see any transformation in them. And as a result, in Matthew 23, verse 13, the scripture says uh, and implies this, their lives, because they, they pretended to be more than they were, their lives became roadblocks to the kingdom for other people. So when we pretend to be more than we are, our lives become roadblocks to people being able to see the kingdom. Uh, here, here's what I think it means. I think it means that when we're real and when we're authentic, People get to see our journey, and they get to see our story emerge, and they get to see God's work in our life because, because they get to see places of brokenness in us get healed because we're authentic, and, we, and we're true to ourselves, and we're true to God, and 
we demonstrate that. And so people get to watch us and they say, yeah, I knew when you were like this and now you're like this. And I, I see something changing in you. And as they see change in us, they are drawn to the king of the kingdom uh, that we are aligning our lives with. And they're drawn to that. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to get at. When we pretend to be more than we are, we, we become a roadblock to the kingdom. So as I've thought about all this, folks, I, I, I want to tie it to a couple of faith walking principles. And I, I want to tie it to self-differentiation. And, and for me, self-differentiation and emotional maturity are, are, are basically the same thing. And what I, what I believe is is that as much as we want to be authentic, if we're not growing in our own capacity to self-differentiate, we'll continue to hide. We'll continue to hide part of ourselves. Why? Well, because we're, we're afraid of what other people are going to think. So our, our lack of emotional maturity is that we that other people and their impressions of us are become more important than they than they should be for us. So what do people think about me and what what do I look good and and do I do do they think I look professional? Do they think I look cool and hip or whatever it is we want to we want to look like, right? And so we pretend in order to get people to like us, accept us or maybe we pretend so that people won't throw rocks at us. And, and won't judge us and condemn us and say, well, you're not a very good Christian or, or, or you're not a very good follower of Jesus or you're not a very good church member or, or you're not a very good minister or, or whatever it is that we're afraid of. And so this journey that we, we try to help people take in faith walking to grow in our emotional maturity so that we can show up as our true, best, authentic self all the time and worry less and less and less about what other people think of us so that we can align more fully with who we believe God has called us and designed us to be. That's why authenticity is important. And what I believe is it's, it's not just a command or a, okay, go be authentic and okay, I can flip a switch and I can go be authentic. It's, it's a journey. It's a, it's a, a process of transformation, and that process of transformation is this journey toward emotional maturity so that I can align my life more like Jesus. So I believe Jesus was fully authentic, and I believe Jesus was fully authentic because Jesus was fully differentiated. That makes sense? Just what does that stir up? What questions does that raise? I've got more if you want it, but I think this is a good place to talk uh, here. So what's that stir up for you? Okay, so as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking um, <laughs> there's definitely a piece of myself um, as a divorced woman in Christianity where you don't take that to the church. You're just really, because you're like, oh, it's like the Scarlet D instead of the Scarlet A. Mm -hmm. So yeah and, and and yeah so i have to grow and stand in my own principles my own identity and then how am i going to use that in my testimony yeah 
That, it's easier in the world than it is in the church. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. And and for me, Leslie, that's so I've, I've grown up in the church and I know some people and I, I, I want to clarify. I know some people have had better experiences than I've had. But in my experiences in church for, you know, 60 years, my experience has been church isn't a safe place for me to show up and be fully me. You know, yeah. If, yeah. if I if I show up and and say, hey, this is what I'm wrestling with. Or if I show up and say, you know what, I don't believe there's anything wrong with whatever. I mean, just pull one of the things that, you know, then then, yeah, then then we get judged and we get ostracized. You know, the way I like to say it, because this is true of my experience, you, you get three Sundays to clean it up. And if you don't have it cleaned up in three Sundays, then, then you know, we're, we're not going to welcome you back. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so I, I totally get it. And, I, and, and because of that, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why many of our churches are losing their impact is because we're not authentic with people and we don't create spaces where people can be authentic. Uh, now, again, I, I want to acknowledge there are exceptions and there are some places where people are in community and it's really different. And it's one of the things, folks, that we're trying to create within the faith walking community. We are working hard to create a community where authenticity is, is not just accepted, it's expected. I mean, and it, it's really kind of become that way. If you're not authentic in a faith walking group, then you're probably not going to be authentic anywhere because we're all trying to be authentic. And we talk about transformational conversations in faith walking. Our transformational conversations are simply the story of, let me tell you about my journey. Let me tell you that, you know, I, I could tell you, let me tell you three years ago when I stood to teach in seminary classroom, they didn't get authentic Ken. They got about 80% of Ken, but they didn't get 100% Ken because I was scared to tell them everything about me. I was afraid. I was afraid I'd get judged uh, in the seminary classroom. Uh, when I, I, I told you all uh, a few weeks ago that uh, I was having an interview with the dean of kind of this new merger of schools, and, and I was highly anxious about showing up as authentic Ken and him seeing who I really am. And, uh, and yet I did, I showed up as authentic Ken and I was so blessed and pleased that I was accepted into a new community as fully Ken Schumann. I didn't have to fake anything. That's my own journey and my own story. But I can tell you three years ago, I probably wouldn't have done it. So that's three years worth of growth, uh, current growth, if that makes sense. What else are you thinking about? Let me shut up. I was just thinking that if I can't show up authentic, then I become anxious. Mm -hmm. And I have to do that tomorrow. I have to go be with my entire in-laws to move mm -hmm. my father-in-law stuff. And I'm dreading every second of it because these folks are highly anxious tightly gripped um and and i'm but it's something that needs to be done and um i mean i love them and brenda two two words of encouragement for you and all you can do is the best you can do tomorrow okay just remember that and and so perfection isn't the goal 
So just show up as best you can. And tomorrow, you, you may not be ready to show up as your fully authentic self. <laughs> yeah. So don't beat yourself up for that. I'm not. And yeah, just, uh, I, I, I just, so yeah, all I want to say is do the best you can and that's all you can do. And that's good enough. Even if you decide not to go. I have to, my husband can't drive himself up there <laughs> for some reason. He just, he will, he does not want to go alone. I try, I told him to take my son and go, you know, he will not go by himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just because he's, he's afraid too. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, he, well, he's considered the black sheep of the family. So, mm -hmm. you know, but they yeah. miss him dearly. I mean, he's been on the phone with them all week and so he knows, and he's got to go say goodbye to his dad. So mm -hmm. yeah, so that's another thing. It's just a hard, one of those hard things. You know? Yeah, I so. get it. Well, you'll, you'll be in, in, in our thoughts and prayers. Thank you. And uh, I hope it goes well. Thank you. Maybe it'll go better than you hope, than you're thinking. I hope so. <laughs> and will you talk more about the self-differentiation piece? It seems to me as the linchpin to making that leap towards authenticity. authenticity um, I hate to use it, successful, for lack of another word. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm feeling for Brenda. I can feel physically right. my own anxiety on yeah. her behalf and recognize that that differentiation is not matured well enough. Right. So, can you yeah. talk more about that? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can talk all day on that and, and maybe never say the right thing. You know, there's so much there to unpack. Uh, what... Let me start here, uh, which is kind of a little different. But as you were talking, Tammy, one of the things that emerged for me. So so I believe if uh, kind of one of the beginning places of self-differentiation group is we we've got to address our own shame. And shame is that idea. I'm not enough. There's something wrong with me. These people don't acknowledge me for who I am. The, the more, what I find in myself is the more I deal with my own shame, which means I accept and like who I am. Well, the more I do that, the less I'm worried about what other people think about me. You know, I, I told you my story about the seminary and I, I had to, I had to go through this, this moment of, so I went through this, this thing of saying, because part of my employment was at stake, right? If, if this new group that we're merging with doesn't accept, I might get kicked out. So, so my point in all of that is when we deal with our own woundedness around our shame and we realize, you know what? I am who I am because God created me this way. I am who I am because this is the place I'm at on the journey of my life. And even if people throw me under the bus, even if people, other people criticize me, and, and trust me, group, the more authentic you become, the more criticism you're going to take. I, I mean, it's going to come. I wish I, wished I could say you're never going to get criticized because 
people that don't see things exactly the way you see them. And, and, and here's one of the things that helps me, and this is moving toward the differentiation conversation, Tammy, is the reason they criticize you for being you is because they are not very well differentiated. That's why. It, it's because they can't accept differences. It's because they want everyone, the only way they feel safe is when everybody agrees with them and behaves like them in exactly their, their way. And that's the challenge as this roadblock to the kingdom. And that's what he was criticizing. The opposite of differentiation is fusion. Uh, Leslie called it enmeshment, which is the same thing. It, it's when we get when we when we when we're so worried about what other people think of us that we give up part of who we are in order to keep the peace and get along with them. That that's what that means. And differentiation is is different from that. So differentiation is hard work. Differentiation is a process. And I like uh, what the what the real authorities on this say is. And, and self-differentiation is a direction in life. It's not a destination. So you're never going to arrive at, oh, I'm fully differentiated. <laughs> you know, uh, no, it's just a direction. Okay, I'm moving toward becoming more differentiated. And for me in my own journey, it, it was this process of, of kind of understanding it intellectually first, but, but that's only the beginning. So I can understand it, but now I've got to start living it. And so a step at a time, a piece at a time, it's about me showing up. Uh, and, and one of the things that helps that folks is, is clear values or clear guiding principles or clear positive declarations, as we call them in faith walking, is, is getting clear about, okay, and this is what I believe, and I'm going to stand by what I believe. Now, I've rambled around for about five minutes, Tammy. Did I even come close to addressing what you were looking for? So I, I, I think the thing I want to emphasize is that it, it's a journey toward, toward becoming more differentiated. And differentiation is emotional maturity. And one of the key ideas is I want to become less and less concerned about what other people are thinking or saying about me. And more and more be able to show up in every situation completely authentic. So I'm quite certain, folks, that you have some beliefs that I don't embrace. Now, that might make you anxious. Oh, oh, my gosh, what is it? Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I'm, I'm quite certain there probably are. And, and so guess what? That's okay. So y'all have heard part of my story about this. I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up uh, ultra-conservative Southern Baptist. And as a part of that culture, I grew up a teetotaler believing that all alcoholic beverages are wrong, bad, should never be consumed. I do not believe that anymore. So for my Southern Baptist friends, I make them really anxious. Well, how in the world can, can you be a good Christian? How can you love Jesus 
and be okay with drinking alcohol. And by the way, I'm, I don't drink much because I've spent most of my life not drinking. I'm just, I never developed a taste for it. I do occasionally, but, but understand that, okay, I, so what did I just do? I just differentiated myself. Now, some of you may, may believe and, and think, oh my gosh, drinking alcohol is wrong. You shouldn't do it. And guess what? Who's right and who's wrong? We're both right. It doesn't matter. You get to, do, to believe, think what you want, choose what you want, uh, and, and, and yet we can stay connected. We don't all have to believe just alike. We don't have to all. Now, let me acknowledge, it's really fun. The more you believe like I do, the more, the, the more easy it is for us to be buddies and friends because, because, we all, because we're, we're mostly alike, but even where we, where we differ. We can still stay connected. We can still be in community and it'd be okay. That's what differentiation is. You know, Paul says, I, I can't quote the exact scripture because no, I don't know the Bible perfectly. But I remember Paul saying that all, think, all things are good, but not all things are good for certain people. And that right. we shouldn't let those differences keep us out of community. Right. When he, you know, when he's talking about the foods and right. certain practices, and, and, and that's been my belief. I mean, I grew I, I was Pentecostal, United, Holy Pentecostal, coming from a Catholic background that talk about legalism. That's why it's like, I just want to run the opposite direction. <laughs> you know, that messed yeah. me up because you had to look a certain way, dress a certain way, act a certain way mm-hmm. and be everything. But, and I, I just remember it was hell trying to live in that skin. Mm-hmm. It was, it was just so rigorous and, mm-hmm. and I don't think anything I did in the works of Christ during that time helped anybody. Yeah. You know, it just hurt them. Yeah. Well, I mean, we could, we could go back to, uh, I mean, what, what your story just occurred to me is we could go back to one of the ancient stories that we tell all the time, the story of David and Goliath. If you remember the King said to David, here's my armor, put my armor on. And, and David differentiated and said, I can't fight in that stuff. I, if, I put, if I try to put your armor on, and so what David do, David said, what I know, I'm a shepherd. What I know are, are good rocks in my slingshot. Just give me, give me some good rocks. So David differentiated himself, showed up as his authentic self. And when he did, uh, there was success in the story. Uh, yeah, so people tried to put the, the armor of Pentecostalism on you, Brenda, and it didn't fit. And you said, no, I can't wear that armor. That's not me. Yeah, Tammy, come on. So I, I think I'm in an irrational loop in my head, and I know it's irrational. So help me break out of this. I'm, I'm trying to self-coach myself here while you're talking. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about um, walls in particular. So when, when I fail at differentiating myself, I can recognize that it's because I'm putting up walls to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And differentiation, I think is, putting it in my words, is the ability to stay connected without walls um, to keep us safe. 
And then I was asking myself, safe from what? And of course, from being hurt, from being judged, whatever that is. So what about when it's people that I really don't care what they think of me? Mm -hmm. And they shouldn't have the ability to hurt or judge Mm -hmm. because of Mm -hmm. that relationship. But we do. I do. And now you've got you've got walls up again and that differentiation piece isn't working. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think how do that's irrational. It shouldn't matter when it's people we don't care what they think about, but we do. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it's an excellent question. So I'm not part, even sure what the question is. <laughs> so thanks of, for that. <laughs> well, well, let me let me let me just answer what I think I heard in. So part of uh, differentiation is having clear self boundaries and boundaries are about what's okay. And what's not okay about they're about what, what I'm responsible for, what I'm not responsible for. And so I think mature differentiation is when I stay connected to, to the important people in my life, the important people in my life are the people that, uh, that I'm in community with, or that I hope to lead, or my family of origin. I mean, that's those are just the people that I that I that I remain connected with, and that and that's differentiation and that's emotional maturity. E- even if that abuse is just verbal, you know what? I, you're not you're not an important person in my life. You're not in 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 my community. You're not in my family. You're you're. I'm not trying to lead you anywhere. You're just a person out there. So I'm going to create a boundary where I don't have to listen to your nonsense anymore. And that's healthy. And so what about people that disagree with me when I'm the leader? Well, so I want to differentiate and I want to say, this is where I'm headed. This is what I'm about. And I invite you in and I want to stay connected because I hope you'll go with me where I'm going. But if you choose not to go with me where I'm going, that's okay too. But I'm going to stay connected in hopes that I can influence you to go where we're going together. Does any of that help? Yeah, yeah, it does. And if they choose not to go with you, that's mm-hmm. okay. That's Ab- their- absolutely yeah. it is. So, so them choosing not to go with me is them differentiating themselves. And it doesn't make me wrong and it doesn't bring shame. <laughs> that is exactly right. It doesn't make me wrong and it doesn't bring shame and it doesn't mean I'm a bad leader. So, so leaders, in, in fact, the best leaders, that's what they do. They clearly define their mission, vision, and values and say, this is where we're going. And they invite people to come go with them uh, on that journey and and some say, well, I agree with all this, but I don't agree with that. Well, that's okay. We're not changing that part you disagree with, but we still want you to come with us. And other folks will say, well, you know what? I don't define myself the way you're defining yourself. So I'm going to go find uh, another group that defines themselves more like I define myself, and I'm going to attach myself with that group. So differentiated leaders don't try to define the followers. They just invite the followers to, they define, they define the organization, they define uh, the group and, and where we're headed, and then they invite people into that journey with them and let every individual define him or herself 
as to whether they want to be a part of this group and where it's going. Is that clear or muddy? Yeah, that's helpful, Ken. Um, very helpful. Um, I think one of the issues can be if uh, leaders are not authentic and uh, the leaders themselves are perhaps insecure in mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, what can happen, I think, is they're headed in a particular direction. And this vision is, uh, inverted commas, from God. <laughs> always, always from God. <laughs> and you think, uh, really? Um, and of course, having a few years on you tends to, you know, you think, oh, well, I've been I've been round that uh, roundabout, or I don't know if you've got roundabouts in the states, but uh, I've been along that freeway uh, a few years ago, and I know where you're heading. Uh, and the difficulty is sometimes is to, uh, as you as we're saying there, maintain the relationship uh, on a maintain the relationship, but, but at the same time, well, I don't think this is. A particularly helpful route and obviously what can happen on occasion is that the leader um, um, will take uh, will feel particularly insecure in that mm -hmm. yeah and that is often the yeah. case and uh, right and then that's where it's a case of well the eye as we say in the UK the eyes to the left or the knees to the right or whatever <laughs> it is and Got the split, you know, and it's yeah. But it, it, but I like what you said there about maintenance of the relationship is the is the key thing, and also referring back to what Brenda said earlier about the externals. As long as everything is okay on the external, I had a very interesting conversation uh, with a Muslim lady uh, earlier this week uh, in respect of a, um, um, a student I'm supporting. This a Muslim guy has become a Christian. And she said in the community, and she's referring to the music, to the Muslim community uh, that she's part of, she says, well, as long as everything seems to be okay on the outside. And then she made a remarkable statement, but, but she said, nobody really is interested, or not, not many people are interested in what is going on on the inside. Mm. And that gave me an opportunity to speak about uh, the interior life and what Jesus says, well, out of the heart comes, you know, and we know that yeah. on that. And um, it really is, I think, uh, I'm, I think one of the challenges that I'm finding um, is, uh, this, this getting stirred up in me is the maintenance and uh, of the interior life, uh, because it's out of the it, it's out of the interior that the external is actually formed. Right. Yeah, uh, John, no doubt. I, I, the, the part for me and the internal life is not just my relationship with God. The internal life is, am I getting healed in the broken places of my life? So, so leaders who uh, get anxious, often it's, their, it's because they're, they're not dealing with their own internal brokenness. And, and there's, so here's what I want in a leader group. A leader, leaders aren't perfect and never will be, but I want a leader that's growing. 
Is he or she growing in his or her emotional maturity? Are they dealing with their shame? Are they managing their own anxiety? Are they, are they identifying and acknowledging authentically their own places of brokenness and saying, okay, yeah, and I, and I'm, and I'm growing in, in these areas. Uh, my goodness, that's a person I want to follow. Right. Uh, but the person, so, so we, we have as a society, I think this thing that, well, leaders get to be leaders because they've already solved all the issues. They've already got all their stuff together. And that's why they've become not necessarily true. Often, often leaders are some of the most broken people. And, uh, anyway, I'm so boxing. I will say that the people that I stay connected with the most over long, you know, years and years are people that if you think back to like whoever your, your best friends were in high school or whatever, and those are usually the people that have walked with you through your real junk and not just that superficial um, stuff. And those are the, that's the people that you tend to stay connected with because you are sharing deeper parts, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think as you say that, what occurs to me, Leslie, is for me, that's not the case. The people I went to high school with were more, they're, they're the ones throwing me under the bus because they aren't willing to walk with me as I change and become different. Uh, and so now we're not connected because they say, oh, well, Ken, he, he's liberal and doesn't love God anymore. I mean, and those are the things that get said, you know. <laughs> Yeah. What, uh, here, here's what I, here, I, I want to come back around and say this group, the more I grow in my own differentiation, the more freedom I get, the more liberation I get, and the more fully alive I become. That's why I do it. And the more liberation, the more fully alive I become, the more authentic I show up in every arena of my life, and therefore it's valuable. And hopefully, people can watch the journey of my life, and my story, hopefully, is not a roadblock to the kingdom, but, but rather an invitation to the kingdom to say, well, my goodness, look at him. Look what God's doing in his life. And, and, and it's, it's this thing that I believe deeply, folks, and my, my transformation is not just what happened to me when I was nine years old and walked the aisle of my church and got baptized, okay? My transformation is what God's been doing in my life ever since then. And what God's doing in my life today, that's the transformation. And that's, I, I think, the hope that we have for the world. Uh, the hope we have for the world is God's here, God's for us, and God wants to, to shape us into wholeness if we will allow that to happen and differentiation is part of that journey you were talking about the unpopularity of you know going through the differentiation and, and how I, I was really thinking here a minute i literally lost if not most all of my christian friends mm -hmm. that i developed i mean over the past several years people that i worked in ministry with mm -hmm. and it was after i got into faith walking and um, I still talk to a few, but it's not like I kicked them out of my life, but they, I just, I just thought about that. They dropped me. 
mm-hmm. they drop me like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and I mean, it, it bothered, it bothered me at first. I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It hurt my feelings. Sure. I felt like, man, sure what do they think I am? You know, mm-hmm. Satan's pump, you know, <laughs> child. I mean, what, what in the world, but I don't regret it because like you said, that freedom, Mm-hmm. Now, I'd rather be by myself and be able to know who I am than be with a crowd of people that push me into being something I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't function that way. I used to for years and I just know now I can't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. But Good. Throughout the whole session this afternoon or this morning, if you're over in, in the States, um, I've just been reminded about how much choice I have in this and mm-hmm. how I can step into who I am. Like I, I can choose to just sit back and stay in that place where I've always been of feeling that I'm either not enough or too much, you know, um, and not want to, to grow or be alive in who I am today. Or I can take that step forward I can choose that this way is this is how I want to show up this way is the way even that I'm created to be and if if I live like that I know I'm going to live a better life I'm going to like there's more excitement when I stand up and say this is this is who I am Mm -hmm. than there is when I live in the fear and step back of people not accepting me um but I have that I have that choice to do that. And um, that's just so empowering. That's been the big thing for me right. today is that I feel very empowered by um, making that choice to live authentically, um, to live out who I am um, than I ever have done before. Um, and that's a whole like that's a whole journey for me. But there is something in that that I love being me. Like I love being that real part of me <laughs> that so so often I've hid and I've always hid that because someone said something or someone's not mm-hmm. not wanted me to be that way. And so when I in the past, when I started to become alive and, and live more confidently and courageously, I've I've stepped back because someone said, Oh, we, we don't like that in you. And so I've just gone with what they've wanted and molded like typical chameleon let's just kind of be a way that fits perfectly for them and so I'll just hide somewhere and I won't make too much of a fuss but I have I have something to say I have a voice I have Mm -hmm. a way that's just uniquely me that I get to live and that's what I choose to to live and hopefully mm-hmm. when I don't choose to live that, um, I have a whole bundle of people here that may just remind yeah. me of what I've said today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do feel very, very encouraged and empowered to, to make that choice now. Good. That's awesome, Michelle. I'm going to put you on the spot. You can tell me no. But I know that you have a guiding principle that helps you show up in that way. Would you be willing to share it? I'm confident, powerful, and full of potential, and I live this out courageously, knowing that I'm loved. Amen. Yeah, beautiful. 
It's beautiful. But so I, I, was I, I hated to share that a short while ago. I was always like, no, I can't. But now it feels so much more part of me. Yeah. And, and it's powerful and it's beautiful, Michelle. And it helps you when, when you when you drift away from that guiding, that guiding principle helps you get back on course. It's like it's like north on a compass. Uh, okay, let me let me get back to north. Here's north. Here's who I want to be. And so yeah, you're you're empowered because you're taking ownership of your own life. Really powerful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Beautiful. Well, I guess we're out of time, group. Stick with us. We'll keep talking about all this stuff and we'll keep working on it. Uh, for you that maybe have not been in our, our faith walking modules, this is, these are the kinds of principles we, we teach in our faith walking modules. Uh, module four is all about differentiation. So that one is about this. So when you get to module four, um, anyway, now I'm selling and I'll shut up. John, I hope Scotland is beautiful and wonderful and the family is good. Brenda, I hope tomorrow's better than you expect. Uh, Carol, it is wonderful to see you and have you with us. And I'm glad you're here and a part of this group. And uh, Shahab, we welcome you and are glad you're here from Greece. Thank you, sir. I would call everybody's name. The rest of you know I love you and I'm glad you're here. And uh, I hope you all have a good weekend and I'll see you next Friday as we come together as a community and join our connection uh, with the one we follow, Jesus. So Judah, thank you for leading us in what we're going to do next week. Pleasure. For more information about faith walking, visit www.faithwalking.us. We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us backslash donate. Thank you for listening.